0: The Knickknack News. I'm Anthony.
1: And I'm Alex. And my first story today is book news. <laughs> <laughs> this is from clickondetroit.com. <laughs> <laughs> the headline is Detroit Public Library Aims to Keep Kids Reading at Home. The Detroit Public Library has come up with a fun way to keep children reading this summer, and it can all be done from home at a safe distance. With library buildings closed due to the pandemic, the traditional summer reading programs for children sadly had to be put on hold this year. The um, this online program is called the three one three Summer Reading Challenge. Which I'm assuming three one three is like the their area, area code. code. Yeah, I, I mean I didn't know that, but I've I just assumed that.
0: Seems like an educated, a good educated yeah. guess. Yeah,
1: uh, a way to get uh, Metro Detroiters to read together while staying apart. <laughs> the goal is to get to collectively log three point one three million minutes of reading.
0: Which is a lot. That's yeah, that seems like a lot.
1: Yeah. But the it is, but the goal is just to encourage a lot of people to like, get excited and try to like reach that goal this summer. Um and it's the goal is to do that before Labor Day. So they want people to like log in and like make an account and then log how much they're reading, basically. Okay. Um so yeah, they said that they're hoping this challenge catches on with summer being the perfect time to curl up with a good book, which I agree with. Um yeah, and the reason I brought this is actually because I've been seeing a bunch of articles lately about this type of thing. So, like, I know, okay, so this one it just happens to be in Detroit, but like, I think like cities and towns like across the whole country are doing this type of thing, like online virtual like reading programs for kids, mm-hmm. and even in, like some other countries too. Um, and I just think that's a really good thing. Yeah, to do like <laughs>
0: a good way to keep kids engaged during all of this, and like, yeah, our libraries. Like they're obviously not really are they open, kind of? Is there like a I don't social think distance they are. way to I open a library? Just like
1: I've just been assuming that they've one been one person
0: in, in at a time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> There's like a line you of, the just run one of it. person. You just have to like pick books ahead of time and somebody gets them for you. Maybe you can come by and like pick them up. Yeah. Maybe
0: online delivery. Or like <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna grub yeah, up some books to my house. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's actually hilarious. Like, a, You could make food services, like pick up stuff from the library for you.
0: And a pint of ice cream. A, <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, so like I actually, okay, so the, for this specific one, um, you know, if you are in a Detroit area, or honestly, if you're not, I bet you could still join this because it's just online anyway. Right. Um, they have You go to the Detroit Public Library website, but I actually also found a link to um, an Ohio website that has a bunch of links to different like resources of similar type things. In Ohio, since that's what we are, thought that would be good to also include. Um, yeah, so there's a ton of that type of stuff going on it's lots of it's just trying to like have fun reading and like encourage that this year because people are cooped up anyway,
0: so right yeah, might as well read.
1: yeah, so if you have kids or you are a kid or, or you're an you're... adult that likes reading, <laughs> look at these things.
0: <laughs> those are the only categories. <laughs> anything else then stay away from this story
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) hopefully everybody likes reading you know but i know sometimes people don't i don't know i love reading so yeah
0: my first story is food news this is from nerdist uh Dunkin' Donuts announces caffeinated coffee-flavored cereals. What? I am so down for this. Isn't the... Doesn't this... How has this not happened before?
1: Yeah, like a caffeinated cereal? That's such a good idea. It's a...
0: And a coffee-flavored cereal, It's genius. Like, both those things... Yeah. ...make so much sense. Anyway... Oh. Soon there will be another way to make Dunkin' Coffee a part of your morning routine. Get ready to kick off your day with Dunkin' Donuts caffeinated cereal. <laughs> it almost reads like a joke, w- <laughs> but it's, it's very real. <laughs> but it's real. Uh, Dunkin' and post-consumer brands are partnering on two new cereals, both made with Dunkin' Coffee. The two options, which they say were inspired by fans' two favorite flavors, are caramel macchiato and mocha latte. <laughs> Both of which sound pretty good to me. <laughs> this is this is amazing. I don't even drink coffee, and I'm kind of like I just I kind of want to try these. Uh, they'll begin hitting stores nationwide in August. Uh, Josh Jans, brand manager of cereal partnerships at Post Consumer Brands, said the following in a press release: "What does he sound like?" Um,
1: Josh Jans,
0: coffee and you know. <laughs> you know what? No, I'm going with it. <laughs> do it coffee and cereal are the ultimate breakfast go-tos ranking as the top two most consumed items to help people start their day Dunkin' coffee is a daily ritual for americans and we're excited to be partnering with them to indulge their fans coffee cravings getting the flavor right on our new cereals was a top priority and we think we nailed the rich smooth and creamy taste
1: <laughs> that was amazing Especially the very last part, last phrase, is there? It's a
0: really unfortunate phrase, actually, to (laughs) to read in that voice. Um, (laughs) Thanks, Josh. Uh, This is Josh, everyone. (laughs) 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 Uh, The caramel macchiato cereal features crunchy cereal pieces, you know, like Like cereal. cereal. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, caramel swirled marshmallows, so it's kind of like a... Like a lucky charm situation, but with like chocolate and okay. marshmallows that are caramel flavored. Hmm. And the mocha latte version has, they say, a hint of chocolate, which is kind of, I thought that was kind of the point of mocha was chocolate. But, and, and latte swirled marshmallows, whatever that means. Either way, I imagine they'll have some kind of coffee flavor to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, they also contain, quote, very small amounts of caffeine, <laughs> roughly a tenth of a cup of coffee. I assume that's preserving. So it won't get you caffeinated necessarily all on its own. Unless you get a whole box, which I might. Which I could do. Yeah. Like what's holding us back It sounds a box of this. It sounds so tasty, though. And I, I, I just, again, I can't believe this hasn't happened yet.
1: <laughs> I know. Like this is a genius idea. Why
0: aren't more breakfast foods caffeinated? Like where's my caffeinated yeah. yogurt? a ca- yeah. caffeinated banana
1: <laughs> why haven't they injected caffeine into fruits it's for breakfast yeah
0: why do they hate us who are they <laughs> yeah who are, who are these people controlling this like, they gotta stop <laughs> josh Jan's, get on it
1: no but actually though i'm imagining you know how, like you know the milk in the cereal that's like left over at the end when you're this year that's just gonna be a latte
0: basically yeah just heat it up when you're done
1: They also suggested
0: in the article instead of milk that you just pour coffee directly.
1: (laughs) Okay, that might not be great.
0: Oh, my mouth.
1: I'd be willing to try it once
0: just in case. (laughs) I feel like maybe like milk mixed with some coffee would would work pretty well just to like boost that coffee flavor.
1: Yeah, and boost the caffeine
0: content. Well, obviously. Also,
1: yeah. Okay. Okay. All, of, okay. Our, all yeah. of our real goals. So basically in life pour are to have a latte into the cereal mm-hmm. and eat the cereal in a latte. Yeah. Okay.
0: Sure, sounds like a I latte. I want to try this.
1: <laughs> okay, my next story is archaeology news. This is from bbc.com. The origin of the giant sarsen stones at Stonehenge. Has finally been discovered with the help of a missing piece of the site which was returned after 60 years.
0: Wait, did we not know?
1: We didn't know where some of the stones were from. Gotcha. So, like, okay, so I found out, just a quick background there's apparently at least two types of rock in the Stonehenge. And the one type, we knew where it came from. Of the other type, we didn't actually know where they got those. Okay. So that's what they're talking about. Got it. The bigger ones, apparently. Hmm. Um, they're seven meters tall
0: stones. That's a lot of meters. Mm-hmm. Several meters.
1: So in a nutshell, this is basically it's kind of a short story, but some guy had this, like, test core from one of the stones, I guess. I don't know why he had it. Uh-huh. but he like returned it to the right people last year. And they were able to test that, that core sample with, um, you know, some other rocks or something. And they figured out the source of the stones was this area, 15 miles North of the site near Marlborough in the UK,
0: where the cigarettes come from.
1: Apparently. Cause that's the same word. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um, so, yeah, so these sarsen stones are seven meters tall and they weigh about 20 tons. And there's, uh, they are used to form the 15 stones of the central horseshoe of Stonehenge. And it says that they're used for the uprights and lintels of the outer circle as well as out, some outlying
0: stones. Oh, okay. So, so like the ones standing upright and the ones across the top?
1: Yes. Is that what a lintel is? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, then yes, that's what it is. So like the, the, those are all, those seven meters, they're really big. Yeah. I've actually, I've never been to Stonehenge. And so they've don't apparently
0: know. moved them 15 miles. Yeah. Which is like. How do they in do the, that? In the time of like when this was created. That's insane.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, the smaller stones are called blue stones, apparently, that are also involved in the structure. And those have been traced to Prezeli Hills in Wales. Um, but this is. first time that they figured out where the bigger ones came from
0: yeah so that's really cool yeah yeah i i don't know there's just some things you kind of assume we already knew (laughs) i guess like i know right (laughs) like by now we surely know where stonehenge came from right no 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 but now we do now we do so now i can assume yes excellent (laughs) yeah,
1: yeah i just for for whatever reason like when i first saw the headline of this i was thinking maybe they discovered like why it's there
0: for sure, or something, or
1: confirmed to that, because they don't really know that yet. It's aliens, yeah. Yeah. It's probably aliens. It's probably aliens. Okay. Yeah.
0: My next story is travel news. This is from Yahoo. Forget a boat. You can rent this floating party pod that can sail around the world.
1: I don't know what that is, but I'm down.
0: Yep, same. I (laughs) I saw the headline, I was like, like, Click, yes, yes, this is for me. I don't care <laughs> yeah. any other details. I need this now in my life. Um, more people are looking for remote getaways lately for some reason. A new, <laughs> a new option to consider is an eco-friendly floating pod that can sail around the world. Um, okay. okay. It just struck me that the name of this thing sounds a little bit like my name. It's like anth- Anthania. Really? Is the name of it? ANTHE with an apostrophe or with a accent and then NEA and Anthenia basically it's what I would have been named if I was a girl is <laughs> a luxury floating hotel suite and a mobile a water-based mobile home mobile home paints it in a bad light it's pretty fancy <laughs> uh it's designed by architect Jean-Michel or Michelle uh Duquesne you can sell. I, I don't know if that's supposed to rhyme or not, or if that's how any of that is pronounced, but he's French. Uh, mm-hmm. Whose inspiration for the vehicle, uh, for the vessel came from James Bond's floating pod in the 1977 film The Spy Who Loved Me. Haven't seen it, so I don't know what it's referencing. But Wait,
1: wasn't it's... that just like a circular, like a sphere with like a bed in it?
0: It kind of is what this is. It is. This so. is?
1: I'm surprised that I knew that. I'm, I have seen that movie yeah. a long time ago.
0: <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, the floating habitat runs off of solar energy and releases clean water back into the ocean. Um, inside the dome-shaped vessel, offers 360 degree views of the ocean. Uh, the bedroom includes an extra large round bed with an overflow round bathtub that can be filled with sea or fresh water. I don't know why you'd want seawater in there. Why that would sounds you weird. Seawater. Um, <laughs> Uh, there's also a small living area with kitchen necessities and fiberglass windows that allow you to see into the ocean, which sounds so cool. Wow. And on top of it, it has an open outdoor seating area that accommodates up to twelve people. I'll show you a picture of it. It'll this it'll, sounds pretty make cool. It, it, Although it looks pretty cool,
1: the fact that I'm guessing it's kind of relatively smallish makes me a little bit frightened. Yeah, like, it doesn't
0: look like it's huge. I think it's meant to be kind of like docked somewhere like you're not supposed to just be like floating out of the ocean with it
1: okay you're not you're not supposed to go across the pacific in this thing right okay
0: yeah the headline says sail around the world i'm not sure if you
1: (laughs) that was misleading or can okay
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um if you're looking to stay a few nights there are some pods that exist as like a hotel on the pink granite coach or coast in uh, brittany france and if you want to buy one to live in or as a second home, you can do that as well. And you can even request customizations to your pod. So that's an Aww. option if you're rich. Um, <laughs> for pr- and then the article said for pricing and more details, head to the company's website, which I did. I could not find pricing on there. Oh, I assume it's one of those things where you have to contact them and it'll be like, you can't afford this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whenever there's no prices listed, it's just yeah. like, yeah,
0: this okay. Is probably like a multi million. Probably. Dollar craft.
1: Well, if you're listening and you have that kind of money to throw around...
0: And you want to buy us one.
1: Yeah, we're here.
0: We're here. Um, We support this. (laughs) (laughs) This is what it looks like.
1: That's not what I was expecting for some reason, but... Okay. Okay. Not bad. I'll
0: show you a a picture of the inside of it, too. Like, that's kind of... Like, that's the bed. Oh, okay. Okay. And... There's, there's like a picture of somebody, somebody swimming outside of it. Oh wow! But yeah,
1: that is a cool concept to just be able to have like windows into the ocean. I've I've seen some stuff like that in the past, like in really fancy places in the world, but yeah, it's pretty rare.
0: Yeah, I want to, I want to, I want to try it at least.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would try it if it's just like docked and you're staying in it for like yeah. a couple nights or something. Yeah, I would try that for sure. My next story is entertainment news. This is from Ars Technica, um, and it's actually a overview of a bunch of trailers for television shows that were revealed last weekend at the Comic Con at Home event, okay. which apparently was happening last weekend.
0: I heard about this.
1: Yeah, it was like a virtual, like a virtual kind of version of Comic Con. Right. And um, there were just lots of new TV shows that they reveal trailers for. And so Ars Technica was reporting on them, so I kind of made, like, a, a summary of yeah, yeah, I kind of, like, took their list and then added a couple things and just summarized it. I don't know. <laughs> Those things are conflicting. I'll just read it. So this, it was just from two different links. But, yeah, I'm going to read through the descriptions of some of these. They're, like, <laughs> after I went through them, I'm like, a lot of these are kind of, like, dark-themed cool. Which is just interesting that there's a theme, like uh, it seems like, but anyway. Okay, so the first one, it's called Lovecraft Country. It's coming to HBO.
0: I've heard of this.
1: Um, HBO unveiled the final trailer for its upcoming horror series, Love, Lovecraft Country, along with an official release date, August 16th. It's pretty soon. Mm. Um, this is based on the 2016 dark fantasy slash horror novel of the same name by Matt Ruff, which deals explicitly with the horrors of racism in the 1950s, along with other more supernatural Lovecraftian inspired issues. So it's like a m- mix of Lovecraftian with like other 50s stuff. I
0: right. thought that sounded interesting. Yeah, it sounds interesting.
1: Okay. The next one's called Utopia coming to Amazon Prime.
0: That sounds like the opposite. <laughs>
1: Also dark, but oh. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a reboot of the controversial 2013-2014 British black comedy slash conspiracy thriller about online fans of a dystopian graphic novel called Utopia that seems to have the power to predict the real real world future. And the fans are obsessed with tracking down the sequel, which supposedly also predicts future world events. Um, and then they're like the targets of the secret organization, and there's like all these secrecy stuff happening. So that's what that one's it about. It sounds
0: very meta. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you think so?
0: Like it's a show about a book about uh, a dystopia. Yeah, but, it's, like <laughs> yeah, a but dystopia. it's also a
1: dystopia. Yeah, maybe. Scott
0: Layer's fan. So,
1: um, they, they were commenting on this one. Apparently the reason that the British version was controversial is because it was pretty violent, actually, oh. which is actually pretty uncommon in British television. I feel like they don't.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Compared to the U.S. Compared television? to you,
1: honestly, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. So they were just saying like, they don't know if the U.S. version is going to still do that the same way, like certain parts of the story because of the, of uh, whatever it was surprised. like backlash, but <laughs> yeah. we, I don't know. Yeah. But. That, that was just an interesting comment on that one. Um, okay, the next one is called Next, coming to Fox. The next one <laughs> like is Next. Like N-E and then X-T are capitalized. Um, and the tagline for this show is, it's not paranoia if the threat is real. And it's a right. techno, <laughs> it's very generic. It's a techno thriller starring John Slattery, who I guess was in Mad Men and Spotlight. I
0: was going to say, I recognize the name, I can't yeah, can't put a face to the name.
1: I also can't put a face to the name. I didn't do that beforehand, but yeah. Um, and then the official synopsis says that Next is a fact-based thriller about the emergence of a deadly rogue artificial intelligence that combines action with an examination of how technology is invading our lives and transforming us in ways we don't yet
0: understand. So it's like a show that's like an episode of Black Mirror. <laughs>
1: It reminds me of Black Mirror. I'm sure it's probably inspired by that kind of thing. But yeah, that's probably what it is. But I don't really know any more details other than that. So that'll sound interesting. Okay. Okay, the next one is Hellstrom coming to Hulu, which is uh, another like Marvel Universe series, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, about these Hellstrom siblings that one of them is like the son of Satan or something and his sister and then just like so the story about the daughter of satan so the yeah so the daughter it's like the son and daughter of satan i guess
0: okay yeah i think Um, i i think i saw something about this too
1: so that i don't know this is interesting i like marvel stuff i
0: I generally love marvel's uh tv shows so
1: so that one's gonna be on hulu and not netflix though it's interesting or
0: disney plus that's interesting
1: I don't know. It didn't mention Disney+. Plus. Oh, wait, this.
0: Disney owns Hulu, whatever. Oh, do they?
1: Oh, they, oh yeah. yeah, you're right. I forgot. Yeah, they owned it, yeah.
0: Monopolies. It's going
1: to be, <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, so the next one, also superhero-themed, uh, is called The New Mutants. And this is a, it's part of, like, the X-Men universe, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, a spin-off of that universe. Okay. And it's about five young mutants who just discovered their abilities. And it's, like, you know, stuff about that. Stuff happens, right?
0: Stuff Stop. stop. Um, what? <laughs> um, In okay. a show? In a
1: show. <laughs> the next one is Archer season 11. They're still releasing Archer. There's still... Which I didn't even realize that I was reading this. I'm like, oh my gosh, Archer is still happening.
0: How much of... I feel like I've missed a lot of I've Archer. I've missed a lot. Then. I
1: stopped watching Archer a long time ago.
0: Yeah, I feel like I stopped around like season five or six. If you,
1: if you haven't watched Archer, it's pretty funny. It's also pretty like, crude
0: humor. Oh yeah, it's very crude, but it's very um, funny. But it's very funny. <laughs> very clever
1: yeah so that is still happening there's also a walking dead spinoff <laughs> which they revealed a trailer oh, for okay, because yeah. the official one I heard about this too. finished and this one's called the walking dead world beyond and it's just like a new story with new characters there's a spinoff mm-hmm. um which like a lot a lot of people love the walking dead series so
0: yeah i mean i feel like about there's a lot you can do with zombie apocalypse like and
1: yeah yeah because you can kind of
0: seems like a good universe to like move somewhere else in the world right, right. And like this is happening over here
1: yeah exactly yeah and then, last but not least, my personal favorite, His Dark Material Season 2, coming to HBO, Which, because I watched Season 1 and I really loved it.
0: Oh, that's right. You did. You, you really liked that
1: one. Yeah. Um, this is an HBO show that's an adaptation of the popular trilogy of the same name by Philip Pullman. Um, and I can't tell you what Season 2 is about because it's actually a spoiler for Season 1 if I told you what it was about. Oh, cool, because I haven't seen Season 1. Yeah. Um, it's very good. I, I love those books. I read them hmm. a long time ago, actually, but the books were very good. And Wasn't
0: there, like, a movie that was bad?
1: Yeah, there was a movie. It, I saw it. I kind of was, like, falling asleep during it. It's, like, not... It's just very average. Yeah. But I think this show did an awesome job with cool. getting more of the... Because, you know, it was a whole series. I mean, there was, like, eight episodes. So, if you think eight hours of the content versus just a movie is, like right. what, like, two. That makes sense. Of, so... <laughs> yes. yeah so they're gonna do season two <laughs> unfortunately well i don't know we'll see how this affects it but they had to stop production because of the pandemic with season two so there's only seven episodes instead of eight i guess so mm-hmm. i don't know if they like just decided to stop it at a different point or if they tried to hopefully they didn't like compromise on their original like
0: artistic vision you know episode per oh yeah
1: <laughs> episode per episode vision for <laughs> that but
0: right hopefully
1: but yeah so, so I'm excited. Lots so of new television. Yeah. We're all watching a lot of television nowadays. So oh, yes. yes I'm excited are. for new stuff.
0: My next story is science news. This is from IGN. Scientists resurrect 100 million year old underwater life forms.
1: What? Wh- how? What? Whoa.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, scientists have revived microbes that were found in 100 million year old sediment, what? giving us another glimpse at what life was like in the far past. Even Whoa. if that glimpse is just like tiny bacteria, but still, yeah. <laughs> um,
1: this is that's what life was like. Yeah, it was just yeah, that's true. <laughs> all bacteria. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was kind of joking, but actually, that is what it was.
0: A good amount of it is. I think uh, no, 100 million years ago, there was still. Wait, no, because dinosaurs dinosaurs were like 65 were... million.
1: Not, yeah, I don't think it was 100. It, was yeah, like, it wasn't 100.
0: There would have still been some, like, multi Yeah, yeah, it
1: wasn't so. all single-celled at that point, probably. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, anyway. Not that I know
1: the actual time, but yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Uh, uh, so an international team of scientists led by geomicrobiologist which I did not know was a thing you could be.
1: That's like a combination of two different things.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of things. Uh, (laughs) This is Yuki Morono from the Japan uh, Agency for Marine Earth Science and Technology. Uh, This team revived these microbes that are actually from 101.5 million years ago, if you want to get specific, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Once the microbes, which are a type of bacteria, were put in laboratory conditions, they came back to life and began eating and multiplying. So... Yeah, they aren't kidding when wow. they said they've resurrected them. Yeah. Uh, despite their age, they were living in low energy conditions that allowed them to retain their metabolic potential, according to a new study published in Nature Communications. Uh, so they were basically like they were in sleep mode essentially. If you have but it was any if you have time. any modern gaming console. <laughs> <where> they, <laughs> uh, <laughs> they were in a low energy state that was where they were technically still alive. Um, But they were just, like, not operating at any real capacity, Hmm. Um, which means they have been alive for 100 million years, which is, wow! if only they had the capability to remember or tell us things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, um, Virginia Edgecombe, a geologist from the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution, said... This new study extends our view of the habitable biosphere on Earth and the ability of microbes to survive under suboptimal conditions, like being really far down in the ocean. Um, <laughs> it also extends our view of where viable microbial life contributes to carbon and other nutrient turnover in the deep biosphere. Um, this bacteria—I don't know if it—I don't think I actually mentioned it, but it was—it's like an ocean-loving bacteria. Um, it's like okay. An, a, Aerobic? Yeah. Right? Wait. Aerobic is like oxygen.
1: Yeah. It, they use op- oxygen. Yeah. Right.
0: Um, so luckily Morono says the health risk of reviving this ancient bacteria is very low. <laughs> <as a laughs> That's good. <laughs> Sub-seafloor sediment is regarded as a low risk for health since no infecting host like a human exists in this environment. So there's not a... This probably isn't going to... Re- like, cause some ancient disease to come roaring back.
1: Okay, that's good.
0: <laughs> yeah, so. No, no hundred million year old plague, probably.
1: Phew. All right, it's time for breaking news the part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that just happened today or were just posted today and we read them to you on the fly.
0: Josh Jans.
1: <laughs> Ready, set,
0: go! go!
1: Okay, uh, this is from CNN Health. Uh, the headline is Alzheimer's blood test in your doctor's office closer to reality studies say, um, yeah. So apparently a simple blood test to diagnose Alzheimer's disease, uh, maybe closer to becoming a reality and something that could be used clinically work on this was presented virtually this week during, uh, the Alzheimer's association international conference, 2020, um, and it's being published. It's a blood test that can detect the tau protein somehow um, <laughs> through your blood, uh-huh. which normally you have to get a brain, a PET scan of your brain to see that. Oh, really? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that sounds easier.
1: Yeah. Yes, they're probably easier and much cheaper <laughs> For too. For my uh,
0: limited medical understanding, giving or getting a little blood drawn is a little less involved over procedure. Yeah. <laughs> than, like than a right brain now. Scan. Yeah.
1: So right now, to um, so actually. Happen to know a little about this because of my job, but there's the there's several different types of imaging tests that they can do that kind of can distinguish whether you have like Alzheimer's or a certain type of dementia because there's like different types and they all have different treatment you know regimens and different stuff like that. But it's it's kind of complicated. Like all the imaging you'd have to go through to like really distinguish all of that. So Mm -hmm. doing something much easier and quicker is advantageous to everybody
0: and probably less expensive. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Significantly.
1: (laughs) So it's kind of a win-win. Um, so yeah, and apparently this is based on like, I, I, you know, I'm just reading this right now, but it looks like this specific protein, the tau protein can cross the blood brain barrier. So they probably just figured like if there's a certain level of elevation, it's likely to also be in your brain, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, all right. It's just interesting.
0: Yeah. Okay. I found this on UPI. Australia zoos 18 foot 8 inch giraffe declared world's tallest 18, 18. foot eight Wow that's it's really tall
1: Wow
0: um, this is a male giraffe named Forrest living at the Australia Zoo uh, he's been declared the world's tallest living giraffe by Guinness World Records um, this interestingly the the zoo is owned by uh, Bindi Irwin's family, like Steve, Steve oh, Irwin's daughter. Yeah. Um, so she announced on social media that the giraffe had been ofi- officially recognized. Um, Forrest is part of the zoo's giraffe breeding program, and has fathered twelve calves born in the facility, with another calf expected to be born soon. So. It's really tall. He's really he's really tall and really popular.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I guess, like, if I had to guess how tall I thought the average giraffe was, I probably would guess like. Twelve or thirteen feet, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Which already is pretty tall. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, like, are you going to look it up?
0: I'm looking it up right now. Yeah,
1: I'm very curious what the average height is. I would guess like twelve or thirteen. So all, this is eighteen. All the so auto
0: complete. I'm doing like, how tall is the average giraffe? And all the auto are how tall is the average woman? How tall is the average man? It's like you have no idea what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fifteen to twenty feet. Wait. Really. That seems wrong, then.
1: Maybe it's 15. I mean, that's still a difference of 3 feet.
0: Okay, the tallest ever was 19 feet. But it's not alive anymore, so...
1: Oh, I see, okay.
0: Yeah. So 18... This is saying that 18 feet is actually the... The average height oh. for a male draft, so it's not that much taller, okay. I guess. Okay, but still tall.
1: It's still really tall, <laughs> and it still set a record. So right, or, or the current tallest or whatever. It right,
0: is. <laughs> so good for you, good for you, Forrest. <laughs> Maybe not as good for you as we originally thought, but still good. But still good. Yay! Yay, Forrest
1: all right that's our show thanks for listening everybody we post episodes every friday and as always the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description
0: you can subscribe to Nack news on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify or wherever else you get your podcast from and you can follow us on facebook at facebook.com slash nack news and on twitter at at news all right we'll see you next week bye, bye.